You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares from the wellsprings of Jewish spiritual teaching and practice and guides us on a path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine. I want to talk about Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov, who in many ways is kind of a nowhere man or a nobody man. You know, even his name, Yaakov, it's a name of somebody who is yet to be. From birth, he's grabbing onto the heel of his brother. He's not only second, but he's grasping to become something. And the something he's grasping to become is merely to supplant someone else's place. And so he buys the birthright. And so he goes through this troubling story of deception to receive his blessing. And then once again is on the run. Once again is uprooted and displaced and ending up in Lavan's house where for 20 some odd years he's living, combating with mistrust and deception and engaging in, you know, running away in the middle of the night and changing around the sheep to get his sheep. It's like, what kind of life is this? Constantly on the run to reach somewhere that isn't even his. What a strange and difficult way to be. And at the same time, Yaakov is the Bechir Sha'avot. Sha'avot, he's considered the choicest of all the forefathers. He is the one who is the namesake of the entire nation of Israel. And we know he's not only Yaakov, he's also Yisrael, which is this elevated being and identity. The rabbis call him the Briach Hatichon, you know, in the, in the Mishkan, running along the walls of the Mishkan, you know, through all the beams was a, a horizontal beam that connected all of the other beams. The inner rod that held together all of the walls and all of the other pillars, the upright rods, and the Zohar says that Yaakov Vinu is the Briach HaTichon. He's that inner rod that joins everything together. And we can look at Yaakov and view him as somebody who is Yaakov yet to be. He will only be in the future. He will only be by supplanting somebody else and through deception. We could see Yaakov as Israel, as Lirosh, as the one who is at the top, the one who is ultimately prevailing, 
powerful, whole, as somebody who pulsates between those two opposite poles, or we could also see Yaakov as a briach tichon, as a inner pillar that holds those two poles together and everything in between them that somehow contains all of these dimensions and opposites and pulling polarities. And similarly, in terms of the Svirot, Yaakov is the Svirot of Tiferet, is the Amud HaMtsai, that middle pillar. So one way that people might think of this is that Abraham is is on the side of chesed, of expansive givingness. Yitzchak's on the side of gvura, withholding of limitation, of end point. And Yaakov is the balance between those two things. But the fuller picture of the Sfirot is that Yaakov is birthed from those two elements and that he includes both of them and is a whole entity that is the product of both chesed and gvura, of both that expansiveness, boundlessness, and that deep limit and containment and stopping point. He doesn't escape either of those energies. He somehow includes them both within him. And I think we see, get a glimpse of this in the story in this week's Parsha, the famous story of the dream, where Yaakov comes to the place, and he goes to sleep. And in his dream, he sees the ladder reaching toward heaven, reaching toward the earth again, holding these two opposite directions at the same time, these two polarities, angels going up, angels going down, this bi-directional image and God upon it. When Yaakov wakes up, says, How norah. How terrifying, how shocking is this place. This is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. That word nora, that word nora, I believe expresses some of that product of those different polar energies when they crash together when they produce a wholeness that comes from both of them. We can relate to this perhaps in the language of our tefillah. We say in the Shemunah essay, we say Hashem is Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, Ve'elokei Yaakov. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. We call Hashem Gadol, Gibor, and Nora. And really, those three traits, those three qualities, or 
descriptors of God are parallel to the three Avot, Avraham, who discovered the Gadlut, the vastness, the expansiveness of God. Kabbalah, the word Gadol, Hashem Hagdula, is related to the sphere of Chesed, to the quality of Chesed, because Chesed isn't just being kind or doing a favor. Chesed is that energy in creation that urges to create, that makes more. That very elemental energy that allows for there to be something here rather than nothing at all. Chesed is that very fundamental supplier of life that expands and urges outward in expansion. That is gadol. We, we relate to Hashem at the first word. We say, you are hell ha-gadol. We consider the vastness, that utter, ever-increasing everythingness. And then hagibor, which is the sphere of gura, which is that quality of a power that is so powerful, it reigns in, it stops that ever-expanding energy. There's a, another force, a counter force that holds that energy and moves it toward form, toward particularity, away from being everything and into becoming something, similarly to how Avraham, who's called Avraham because he's the Avhamon Goyim, the father of many, many, many nations, and he truly is the father of many, many nations and faiths and people who trace their lineage and belief and faith and family to Abraham. That father of many nations in the Torah at some point is pushed to recognize one of his descendants, Yitzchak, Bincha Yechidcha, Asher Ahavta. God tells Avraham at the Akedah that Yitzchak is your only one, your singular one. Avraham is forced to relate not to the everyone and everything that's going to come from him, but to the one and single and only child in that particular relationship. And Yitzchak is that that gvura, it is that quality, that divine quality, that very basic dynamic in creation that stops the ever-expanding energy and grants it form and shape. So ha'el ha'gadol ha'gibor ve'hanora, and we get to the word nora, nora relates to Yaakov Avinu. And it's interesting, you know, gadol and gibor are descriptions about God. You are vast, you are mighty. You contain the energy of expansion. You contain the energy of contraction and limitation and formation. And then we get to Nora. And Nora is actually not really a description about God. Nora is a description about our experience of God. Nora means I am terrified. I am quaking. I am shaken by you. 
by the encounter with you. And it comes from here, from this dream. Yaakov wakes up, and he's afraid, and he says, This is absolutely terrifying. This is a shock to my system. When we say Nora, we are invoking the quality of Yaakov, which is what happens in me when I encounter you. And particularly in the context of Gadol Gibor and Nora, if we consider for a moment just the quality of Gadol, of the vastness that exists in creation, you know, the, the galaxies that are ever expanding with no end in infinite existence. And even in the most immediate sense, the countless infinite molecules and just the little space of air around me that always ever moving, that pulse of life that is always expanding and moving and generating. There's Gadol in all of this in every corner and pocket of creation. It is the fundamental energy of the universe. That is Gadol. We can sense what it feels like to reflect on just the Gadol, the vastness of being. And we can then shift and sense what it's like to reflect on the Gibor and look, given all of that expansive, fundamental, primal energy, there is something that directs that energy toward shape, toward particularity, toward sustainability, toward formation. There's containment and limit around all of those endless molecules to actually make things and particular forms of life in this world, and particular forms of energy in this world, all of that is made through the energy of Kfura. So God is Gadol and Gibor. And so what is Nora? Nora is when I sense that endless, boundless energy of creation of Gadol, that's so vast and infinite, and, and at the same time I sense the kippur, that there is shape around the infinite, that all of these particular forms and experiences that even me, myself, am the product of that boundless creative energy given boundary, formed into shape, and yet still pulsating with the energy of boundless creation, and yet not overriding or overpowering that. And here, that provides the encounter between me 
and this primary energy of existence, this is Nora. There's something awesome contained and present in this sense of being. It's kind of the, the tingle of being alive that is only made possible through the interaction of those two energies of Gadol and Gibor. It's those energies becoming really visceral and present. It's Yaakov being homeless and lost and alone on the run from his brother who wants to murder him because he stole the blessing of the firstborn from him and deceived his father and encountering God in the place that he would have never thought possible. Oh, here, in this place of utter unknown, the night of uncertainty, this is where God appears to me. Within this deep experience of my own limits and the limits of what was possible in my home, and now entering into the unknown, I also encounter the Creator. I also encounter the God who is here for me and will be here for me. That is Nora. That is Nora. It's the sense of waking up to the realization that I had no idea until now. This was right here. I had no idea. That's what he says. It turns out God really is in this place. But I had no idea. I had no idea. And when he wakes up to how much he had no idea, and he wakes up to the realization that he had no idea, and now he realizes it, that's Nora. It's startling awake to that recognition. And, you know, in some sense, this is seeing Yaakov in that kind of scheme of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, seeing Yaakov in that, in his placement within the symbols of those primal energies of creation. And yet there's another piece too, which is not just Yaakov within these larger themes, but there's with this process within Yaakov itself. And, and that has to do with the ladder. Right, the ladder we said, it's pointing earthward, it's outside, it's pointing heavenward, it's moving in both directions at once. And the angels, they're going up and down, they're also moving in both directions at once. And God is upon it. There's a, a Midrash, Midrash Rabbah, that reads these words, The angels of God are moving up and down it. And we know that in Hebrew, bo 
It's a gendered language. Bo can mean it and can also mean him. One of the opinions in the Midrash is that the angels were going up and down Yaakov in the stream. The angels were ascending and descending Yaakov himself. Those movements of up and down, of heaven and earth, of upward and downward, were not just a disembodied vision that Yaakov sees of some heavenly thing, but they're taking place within his very being. That he's experiencing somehow those competing poles, that bidirectional movement where things are moving up and down within him at the same time. And the Midrash goes on and says, the one who says that the angels are moving up and down Yaakov, it says, it's not just this image of angels moving within him. It means that they're lifting him up and they're knocking him down, they're casting him down. They're praising him and they're accusing, launching accusations against him. It says about Yaakov Yisrael, Asher Bacha et Pa'er, in Yeshayahu, you are Israel, God says, through whom, within whom I am glorified. The angels are saying, Atu, She'ukinin Shalcha, Chakukalamala, you, Yaakov, are the one whose face is etched on God's throne, on the Kisea Kavod. And then they come down and they cast him down and they say, and you're also lying here asleep in the middle of the desert on the run. What does it mean the angels are going up and down Yaakov? They're seeing, there's a vision Yaakov beholds here. You have the face that glorifies God. You are the image upon God's throne. And here you are, this homeless thief running for your life. So what are, what are you? What are you? Mashal, the Midrash brings a parable to a king who's sitting in judgment. You go, they go and they find him in the, in the courtroom and this, the king is sitting upon the throne. But then they go out to the, to the countryside and they see the king lying and sleeping in a hammock. Which one are you? What would it be like if you ran into somebody who happens to be the king, but they're out in the country in plain clothes with their shoes off, sleeping in a hammock? You're the king. You're the one who dresses up there in all those fancy clothes and sits in the fancy throne. Maybe it's just the clothes. Maybe it's just the throne. Who are you over here? Which one are you? If you're both of these things, what are you? And here we come again to Yaakov's realization. He wakes up from his slumber. He wakes up from his trance and he says, yes, God is here. I didn't know it. I was caught in this question, in this fight, in this tension. Am I the firstborn? Am I the secondborn? Am I okay? Am I not okay? Am I a thief? Am I just listening to my mother? Is the birthright rightfully mine? Is it completely not? Am I down below? Am I up on top? Am I Yaakov, the one who will one day be but is not yet, but also knows that one day I'll be? 
<laughs> Am I Yisrael? That exalted vision of who he is? He wakes up, Ayesh Hashem Makoma Hashem is in this place. What I had not known until now is I did not know myself. I did not know Anochi. I didn't know that I'm both of these things, that I'm all of these things, that I'm the whole spectrum of this ladder, that I am moving upward and downward, and that's at the same time. That I'm the Bariach HaTichon. I'm the inner thread that makes its way through all of those different parts and is somehow so expansive and in inclusive that all of them exist within it. And I'm not statically one at the exclusion of the other. I'm somehow all. And so it's not so crazy, you know, that what comes from Yaakov, the reason that Yaakov is the namesake of the Jewish people of B'nai Israel, really, the Israelites, is because he births 12 tribes, 12 children, each of whom is a full tribe. It's like all of these like splintered parts of, of his personality, of his being, all become their own full entities with their own full personality and being. 12 of them that are all B'nai Yisrael, but that each are a different face, a different heart, a different limb of that single being. That's part of what Yaakov begins to discover here. That's part of what he wakes up to here. I both of these things, I'm all of it. Vanochi lo yadati. I had never had a vision of myself until now. We oftentimes get in these modes, in these tensions where you know, sometimes I feel really great about myself. Sometimes I feel like I'm, you know, fill in your own words, but a certain kind of glorious vision of who I am or what I am or what I can be. And sometimes I encounter myself as something really far away from that, something so far away from that, that that other thing I know to be not real, to be a false story, to be a lie, I tell myself just to feel better about what I really am. And what if, what if both are true? What if it's possible that both are equally true? What is the space that would make it possible for both of those to be true within me? Yeah. This is the space of Hashem B'makomazeh. This is a space of something that is Nora, that it exceeds what I can pin down and identify as being only one thing but it rings with a powerful ring of being real and true.
in the way that when I encounter something that is real, my being responds to it without having to fully grasp it or name it or know it. But what I do know is how it encounters me. What I do know is that I tremble or tingle or I'm surprised when I see it. Nora, I react to it. So I want to take a few moments here to let us invite in a little bit of the space of Yaakov within us. And to begin by and gently closing your eyes and bringing your attention inward a bit. And let yourself bring to mind a moment, an image of yourself where you can see yourself in your light. Could be a moment when you knew that you really were doing something valuable. And not only valuable, but living in your strength, in your gift, and sharing that, and being that. See the look on your face and feel the sense in your body when you are in that space, when you are in your power and your gift. Notice what that feels like in your body, the sensation of it might have a certain kind of tone to it, even a certain kind of posture. You may notice if it seems to be most powerfully centered or located in, in a certain part of your body or certain feeling or sensation, just kind of give your attention to that place where it seems anchored. Let yourself be filled with that feeling. And we'll, we'll slowly move away from that, come back to a kind of neutral place. Don't worry, we won't be saying goodbye to it. We will bring it back. But let yourself kind of just come back to a neutral open stance in your body. And here, I invite you to bring to mind a part of you that feels on the low end of the ladder. I can identify with that person who's unmoored and rootless and alone. You don't need to invite in 
It's the harshest place. Just whatever feels right for now. Place that feels feels low. Feels really far from how you wish you were living and being in the place that you know well and see yourself there. Bring it in. Notice here too, the tone of the feeling, the sensation in your body, the posture that your body takes when you relate to this part of you. See your face there. So feel a bit of the feeling of being in that place, that mode, that state. Just as close as feels right for you. Notice where it seems to really kind of sit and be centered and anchored in your body and the feeling there. And here can take a few steps back from that feeling. See if you can allow your awareness to spread and imagine a space large enough to hold both of these energies to bring back and invite back the part that is low on the ladder, the part that feels not so great to be you. Let that sensation come back in. And without leaving it or casting it aside to bring in that anchor and that part of you, of you when you are in your light, you when you are in your strength, you when you can see and know, I am living the me that I know can be. And Let these two energies, these two anchors, these two parts of your being be here. Be here together. Each one pulsating in its own way, each one present in its own way. Your attention may kind of move or bounce from one to the other, pulsate between the two. You may find it harder to be with one than the other. See if you can gently let your awareness open up a space that can allow them both to be. Both to be. And let yourself notice 
anything arises here in the space where both of these exist. We help to take longer or slower breaths. To allow for whatever needs to be here to be here. What is possible if both of these can be possible? If it helps, you might bring in that yes, here too is Hashem. Here there is here this is part of God's reality. Both of these things, all of these things, all of me that's here, is here in God's place. There is a me that is here. Maybe an even yet to be known me, a me that I haven't fully encountered yet, a me that might truly be here that I haven't come to know that contains polarities, that contains different energies, that contains an, an energy and a selfhood that includes all of it. And just for a few moments to give space to that anochi that I'm getting to know. that is asking to be known. And notice if there's any particular sensation, tone, feeling, posture, image, word that comes to you here. And I invite you to let this state also be an anchor to return to, to keep exploring, to inquire about and check in with. Yaakov's self is one that includes all of these different angles and depths and tones and faces. And the divine gift that he receives from that dream is to see them all as part of a single whole, 
as part of who he is. This full being, that is all of this and more. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Cohn. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.